one, two, three, one, two, three. This is the next English podcast, a podcast with less Chenglish than one might expect. A native speaker featuring this podcast episode. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the next English podcast. And today's topic is Brexit. It's a topic that is highly relevant to me. You might object that I'm not actually uh, British. I don't come from the United Kingdom. No, that's true. I'm Czech and uh, I'm a non-native speaker. And I, some people say I come from Eastern Europe. I beg to differ. I think I'm from Central Europe because the Czech Republic is in the middle of Europe. However, uh, from the point of view of the British, I may uh, be um, Eastern European. And you know what? Why not? They can say it, of course. They have every right to do that. But from my point of view, someone who has lived in the UK, who has always paid taxes wherever uh, he worked, and someone who has the opportunity to work in the UK every summer at a language school as an English teacher, I have to say that the situation in the UK. It saddens me. It makes me really sad. And I think it's the topic that really needs to be talked about. And it's not just because of my personal uh, you know, ambitions. This also saddens me because I genuinely believe that the UK is shooting itself in the foot. Brits are not doing themselves any favor because this is going to make them worse off. I genuinely believe this. Also, some parallels could be drawn. We can draw a parallel to what's been going on in my own country. And that is uh, namely the resurgence and uh, renaissance of far-right political parties. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that a lot of people these days are becoming xenophobic, racist, and um, there are tendencies and voices to basically uh, protect your own identity and your own uh race and whatever whatever this whatever their rhetoric is uh obviously i think you can already tell from my voice that i'm totally against this i think this is not right i think this is uh, insidious and dangerous dangerous because we have had um examples in the past in history which uh, turned out to be very very ugly like Hitler and other cases of thinking that someone is superior to someone else. And I think also it's nice to help to someone. You know, if someone needs help, you should help. I know it's complicated. I know it's not black and white. It never is because, well, let's be fair. Some of the immigration that is going on is, is illegal. And um, there are smugglers who fill their pockets you know, who get a lot of commission out of this, and it's not the, it's not really right. Okay, I know it's not, it's not easy, but this is not a solution. Brexit, uh, it's not, it's not a solution. I have been closely monitoring uh, this situation in the UK, that is the Brexit situation since the referendum happened, and I've also been watching videos by James O'Brien, which you can find on YouTube. Uh, it's on LBC Radio. 
And also, I have been reading James O'Brien's book uh, called How to Be Right. And um, also, obviously, Luke's English podcast, especially Rick Thompson's report, uh, which deals with exactly this topic, that is Brexit. It's Luke's father is a well-read, well-informed person with a strong opinion on this case. And yeah, I, I have to say I do agree with what Rick and James indeed are saying. So today on the podcast, I have a friend from the UK who has been on, the, on this podcast before uh, to talk about Japan. His name is Nick and he featured in episode 221. And um, that was uh, at the time he lived actually in Japan. And also the reason he's on the podcast is not just because he's from the UK and he's a well-educated uh, person. It's also because um, he has been studying politics. He is um, well knowledgeable and he knows his onions, basically. Okay, He can offer a thorough insight into uh, this turmoil, this political turmoil that is happening right now in the UK. And it's not just Brexit. It's, you know, it's all connected. There is obviously Donald Trump. Um, you know, the, there is the European Union and its stance on the issue. There is the case of there are several ways this could basically pan out for uh, the United Kingdom. And there is also the there is also a, a strange um, phenomenon that Ireland is staying in the European Union. So it, they would be basically a bit cut off if the UK really left. And it's not sure that they will leave. I mean, they have voted in the referendum, but it's not it's not for certain that they will they will leave because there are some voices for the second referendum. Also, should this Brexit be hard or soft or whatever? Ah, it's a mess. It's a real mess. And I hope that Nick, my friend whom I know from playtesting Kingdoms of Deceit, because he is one of my playtesters, I hope Nick manages to shed some light on this issue. Um, I have got a list of questions for him and I can't wait to have Nick on the podcast. So that's all I wanted to say. To say. Now sit back, relax and enjoy listening to this episode. You've been listening to Zdenek's English Podcast, a podcast with less change than anyone would expect. Hi, Nick. Hello, Zdenek. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, how have you been? Um, I've been doing really well, and I am just doing an essay right now. Uh, I'm going to be reveling in the time when my, this is over, though, so that I can enjoy my time in Germany. And I'm going to be enjoying it before I end up having to pay a fee for such a luxury. Okay. So I guess I guess you know why I invited you. Um... Yes, I did. It was in response to a Facebook post that I did uh, talking about um, Brexit. Right, exactly. And we know Brexit is a hot issue now. It's a hot potato. And I, I consider you uh, a person who has a lot of insight into this. Uh, the only reason I do is because I'm a student in it. <laughs> <laughs> you are you, uh, studying political science, am I right? Um, it's BA Politics at the University of Bradford. Okay, wonderful. 
Um, also, this is the second time we have been doing this. That's because yeah. the first time today, uh, I somehow managed to um, forget to switch on the recorder. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, that was just a, a mishap and a half. But we've, we're going to get through it and we're going to... So make sure that we can get to the other end of it that you know be, forget that, that it even happened so to speak that would be cool <laughs> and once again my apologies uh, it, it won't happen again oh that's absolutely fine don't worry <laughs> as i said we're only human yep um definitely so what is brexit nick let, let me let let us remind our listeners what this actually means because okay. i mean it's a buzzword these days but It's a Some... very big topic that kind of covers about three years currently. So honestly, don't worry about it in terms of like scope. I'm going to try and condense it down, try and simplify it because a lot of persons, like for example, get kind of befuddled whenever I use the term, for example, the Northern Irish backstop hmm. or the um, hard border with Northern Ireland. That's sort of a thing that not even a lot of British people know what it means. These are, these are actually terms which are related to Brexit. But okay, so let, let, let me ask this question. Does Brexit mean Brexit, Nick? Okay, let me just explain what Brexit is to begin with. Mm -hmm. On the 24th of June 2016, 51.9% of the electorate that turned out to vote uh, chose to leave the EU. And in doing so, the work began to negotiate within the cabinet for what it was meant to look like. And when I mean the cabinet, I mean the British cabinet, of course. Um, it took them rather long and the cabinet continued to rapidly change. In fact, there was a joke that the uh, secretary for leaving the European Union, David Davies, only had a few hours negotiating Brus in Brussels before being replaced. After a meeting um, in Chequers, the official residence of the prime minister, there was an agreement. And then both the Brexit secretary and the foreign minister, Boris Johnson, resigned. <laughs> so <laughs> essentially, after that, May went to Brussels to negotiate her deal. Bear in mind, the Chequers deal was in January of this year, uh, July of this year, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, these negotiations have ended and she has permitted that there is a vote on the final agreement. Too bad that that vote has been delayed from the 11th of November, when it was meant to occur, to the 14th of January, a week before Brussels demanded um, a uh, um, basically certification that the agreement was going to happen. This would be two months before we would be scheduled to leave. So essentially, when we talk about Brexit mean, meaning Brexit, we didn't know anything <laughs> June 2016 because no deal had been discussed. No mm. plan was put into place and no contingency plan mm. was ever kind of brought out. So, we, had, we knew nothing. <laughs> so would you say it was uh, an emotional decision for a lot of people to vote leave? I'm sorry, what were the people's motivations behind actually casting vote for leave? I, I don't get it. Okay, the issue is, though, is that um, although there are valid reasons for why persons would believe that the European Union is a bad thing to be a membership a member of, because I am doing an essay on it, and okay. I look at certain things that, and certain talking points that can levy the idea that being in the European Union is a bad thing, um, the i can understand how it could convince people on a rational level and an intellectual level that i claim to be luov because i'm a politics student and i'm uh and i have knowledge that is not available to the british public mm -hmm. for example i have a library they don't uh so essentially 
on, on an intellectual level, I can understand why certain people could be convinced to leave on a kind of lower sort of rhetoric level. Mm -hmm. I argued it was a vote of no confidence in the government, basically a dissatisfaction with the current way that things were going, yeah. especially with David Cameron's government. Mm -hmm. And much like by-elections, much like local elections, it um, brings out a, a vote against the opinion of the government which right. so it was a protest was to remain do we call it a protest vote yeah to some degree you could argue it was a protest vote and mm -hmm. i personally argue that you could see it that way okay which is evident considering there are persons who were not knowledgeable of it voted leave and then um started looking into it which mm -hmm. is never a good way to conduct your investigations mm -hmm. but that's not to say that you know all of them did this but um it is understandable why they would do this it's not justified but it's understandable okay so this what this referendum was held in 2016 and it's been two, uh, 24th three years, of june 24th of june 2016 and so it's been more than two years now since that happened uh yes it yes, and, and and, and uh, the uk is still in the process of negotiating it or uh, basically... Well, technically it has come to the end, because the issue is though, is that although Theresa May, after delaying the vote, said that she was going to go back to debate, the um, uh, to basically get a new deal uh, based on uh, changing the Irish backstop, uh, the Northern Ireland backstop, the issue is though is that Brussels has adamantly said that they are not going to change anything, and that's completely understandable. Hmm. So the Article 50 has been triggered, and now it's... it's... Article 50 was triggered as soon as the referendum was um, done, essentially. Mm -hmm. Well, my question is for you, Nick. Um, have any of the views of, of, the, um, of some of the Brexiteers, as, as we call them, have any of their views changed due to um, some um, information that came to light? Um, the problem is, is that in my opinion, the Brexiteers have not um, been dissuaded from Brexit. I just personally argue they are not getting the Brexit that they want. Mm -hmm. It is the case that they believed it would be the case that essentially Brussels would give them everything and that we would be able to leave with the benefits that we have now. Mm -hmm. And also, or you were a hardline Brexiteer who argued, no, 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 we can hammer it out on our own and essentially cut all, several ties, screw the customers union screw the freedom of movement <laughs> it's all about you know us having control of our borders or something like that right. and essentially but, but i just need to elaborate one thing we literally were exempt from certain immigration rules and also from certain uh freedom of movement rules because we appealed to the european uh, uh union we mm. basically went no we don't want to follow some of these rules which is why we still have a hard border with calais and also why when you go to the uk you still have to um uh you still have to uh uh do do do, do. i believe it's something to do with passports but <laughs> sorry <hold on. laughs> show your passport <laughs> Well, no, 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 because the thing is, though, is that when you move from one European nation to another, you don't have to present a passport. Um, well, technically, technically, you can show just your ID. And I went, I went, obviously, I had, I had gone to, to the UK before. Uh, yeah, but that's right. happened, so and I that's... never, never had to show my passport. I just need, I just needed to show my ID and it was fine. Yeah, but that's kind of Britain to uh, the rest of Europe. And also Britain doesn't have ID cards. Yeah. 
But I'm just trying to say that basically there was free movement. Yes, and essentially um, a lot of practitioners argue ending free movement will bring us back to being able to control our borders, and I completely mm. disagree that this is the case. So you completely disagree. So, so the case of you taking back control isn't happening. You think it's, it was it's a, a fantasy? It was a complete. It's it a was fan a fantasy. It was a complete lie. And honestly, the, I, the, in the essay that I'm writing, I'm arguing essentially that um, in one case that because we directly appoint the majority of the people who sit on in the Europe uh, in the. Uh, the Council of Ministers, the European Commission, and also we directly elect our European Parliament, uh, members of our European Parliament, we are responsible for um, uh, um, the laws that get passed in that respect. Hmm. Uh, and on top of that, we are directly responsible for um, the um, for being in the European Union at all, because Sorry. in 1932, we signed up to it knowing that we would pass on certain rights to the European Union. So you already have enough control and might maybe what because of this you will now may you you may now have even less control. I personally argue yes. That's that's absurd and um ironic, isn't it? Um what about the immigration? So do you think now you now that you will be out um do you think it it will it will give you the opportunity to basically uh decide who comes in and who stays. It's an illusion. It'll be an illusion. It'll be the case that they'll claim the case that, oh, we can now have a an Australian type of uh, merit-based system, which is, very, which is stupidly hard to enforce, purely on the grounds that it would require that we would send away relatively sane, capable people for the sake of, we don't want you. Hmm. And the issue is with that is that you then get to a point where you have a skills disparity and also you will have a um, disparity in, well, you will have obviously a major um, ethnic imbalance purely on the grounds that um, it will be considered, let's face it, we're not exactly the least racist country in Europe. No, not really. So, so it will be the case that we will obviously have things that will be put into place that will uh, act against persons of color. So the issue is, though, is that um, having this sort of discriminatory immigration system, hmm. in my opinion, won't take back control and will only cement us as being behind on the times in this globalized world. Hmm. Well, um, so what's, what's on the table now, Nick? What can happen now? Well, the thing is, though, is that there are currently four options that are on the table. Mm -hmm. I'll lay them out just briefly now. It's May's deal, which is basically going with uh, what Theresa May has uh, set for us, which is something that not a lot of people support. Mm -hmm. There's leaving with no deal, which only hardline Brexiteers want. Mm -hmm. There's Corbyn's deal, which is uh, Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the Labour Party, argues that if the, on the 14th of January, when the meaningful vote gets... Uh, voted down that they're going to make a call for a general election and when that general election happens that the Labour Party will win and that they will go to Brussels to negotiate a new deal. Do they call this snap election? Just let me interrupt you there. Yeah, but yeah, it, it would be called a snap election. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the issue is though is that with that idea, first of all, um, it would have to happen before the 14th, it would happen, have to happen before the 21st of January. Is there enough time but, for that? 
Certainly not. It's it's a week. It's mm. a week between the vote and mm. when we were when we are meant to have made a decision mm. and when we were meant to have come to a close on those negotiations. Mm -hmm. The issue is, on top of that, if we extend Article Fifty, which is definitely possible yep. the unfortunate issue is it would give ammunition to the conservative party to go oh you are delaying or mm -hmm. stopping brexit and do um you, jeremy corbyn has set a hard line that he is for brexit mm -hmm. it's the case that he will leave it to the party to um kind of decide a policy on whether we will have another referendum yep. on uh, the deal but the issue is though is that um for the majority of us, we don't believe that this will take hold because um, Jeremy Corbyn will probably go ahead with his variant. Not necessarily out of spite or in the, for the sake of um, acting against uh, the will of the people. It's more along the lines of he is a Brexiteer. He yeah. has been well known to be a Eurosceptic. So he wouldn't, uh, we didn't want the second referendum because it 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 would make him look hypoc hypocritical, right? So um, it would it would make him look like a hypocrite. It would yeah. make him look like um, a person who was like it would give ammunition to the uh, Conservative Party arguing mm. that they're frustrating. Well, it. as as a politician, um, you you should be consistent. I mean, unless you are Boris Johnson, of course. Um, well, that is, <laughs> there's a difference between being consistent and everybody acknowledging that, wow, you're just a racist. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But what I'm trying to say is that, well, if somebody is, is being inconsistent, then you will become a target for the media because they notice every single... They basically, they, they are after you. Every single well, mistake you make, does, uh, they, they can ask, see. Uh, did, you, did you actually know that... Um, Theresa May actually um, uh, excused two people that were uh, in her party of uh, wrongdoing, um, despite the fact that uh, in order to aid her in her no confidence vote, because yes, she had a no vote of no confidence within her own party, mm -hmm. and she brought in two people who were accused of, I believe one of them was sexual misconduct, and the other one was because of, I believe, a very hateful or racist tweet or something like that no. and essentially um that was in a sense used as a political tactic but the issue is now i argue have you actually heard of it in media no, did you no. hear that, that no, was, no not yeah. really yeah they're too busy saying that jeremy corbyn said stupid woman in parliament even though yeah. he didn't i heard that one yeah what what did you think of that Honestly, it was a childish antic. It was and did he that... say? Did he say "stupid woman" or "stupid people"? The thing is, though, is it was very clear what he said. But the issue is, even if he did say "stupid woman," hmm. it's not exactly. You know, it's yeah. hot kettle black at that point. Considering um, uh, it was a, it was made the claim that I believe Michael Gove was accused of calling one of the Lib Party members a stupid bitch. And it's not. Um, it's not even a swear word, and he whispered it and. In the in context of what sometimes people call each other, I don't think it's um it's a big deal, honestly. The issue is though is that it's unparliamentary conduct, and mm. the issue is though is that if we're talking unparliamentary conduct, we can you know pot kettle black, unfortunately. Mm. But as I said, he didn't actually say it. I don't believe that he said it. Mm -hmm. But still, even if he did, which he didn't, um, it would be the pot on the kettle black to attack him for it. So, 
Um, so what's the chance of a, a second referendum happening? Because I believe you would be a, a big fan of that, wouldn't you? I would be a fan of it, but the issue is there needs to be an option for Remain. Because the issue is, though, is that it would be an exercise in futility for us to argue between one deal and no deal. Mm -hmm. Because nobody, hardly anybody wants no deal. Anybody who wants no deal is just a hardline Brexiteer who believes that immigration will end if you do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and May's deal is already unpopular, or Corbyn's deal will be extremely unpopular as well, because it will be the case that it will be a shambles that was brought together at the last minute, because so, nobody has planned for Jeremy Corbyn to take power. So, so do you think, is there any chance at all that in, in this vote you would have an option of... Uh, remain and is there any chance at all that this would actually go through okay my prediction at the very end of it will be the case that the vote will uh, the meaningful vote will die there will be a rejection of it and either a general election will be called mm -hmm. in which jeremy Corbyn will take power or the time will run out uh on the brexit clock and we will leave with no deal okay. the issue is though is that um unlike what a lot of brexiteers like to believe the negotiations don't end it would be the case that we'd have to enter the agreement as if we were approaching as a an outside sovereign nation we wouldn't be uh approaching as a member of the european union hmm. um to add on to that it would be the case that um So, okay, wait, no. But to elaborate on my earlier point, um, we will still leave unless the Labour Party makes Corbyn force a people's vote. Hmm. So it is the case that, in my opinion, the only chance that a people's vote could ever take place is if, A, the Labour Party are capable of um, getting a mandate for a, a people's vote within the party, mm -hmm. Which could be the case because um, would that would that involve uh, Jeremy Corbyn resigning? Or... No, no, no. It wouldn't. It would require just simply the party to um, hold a meeting and to say that they support uh, either Remain mm -hmm. or that they support a people's so vote. Th this can pretty much go against uh, Corbyn's personal beliefs. The issue is, though, is that Jeremy Corbyn has said on several occasions that. Um, it would be up to the party to decide whether mm -hmm. a yep. vote would ever be taken into a place. But yep. the issue is, though, is that we know that if it wasn't going to be uh, challenged and it wasn't going to be the case that a people's vote would be put onto the table, that we know that Jeremy Corbyn would prefer to leave. Yeah. So uh, the issue is, though, is that A, the Labour Party would have to convince the leadership to put a people's vote to it. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the meaningful vote would have to be voted down which is most likely going to happen. And the, and then a general election would have to occur, which, let's face it, would have to be under the pretense of extending Article 50. Yeah, I think the European Union would be up for it. It would definitely be up I for think, it. To be honest, like, I, I can <laughs> feel... It all comes down to it. The <laughs> EU doesn't want us to leave. And yeah, the EU does not want you to leave. And it's just, for us, it's we don't understand it. Like even someone, someone who is, who comes from the Czech Republic as a member state of the EU, we don't understand it here. Like how how this the, happened. The issue is, though, is that um, in my opinion, looking at it from a um, a politics student's point of view, I actually mm -hmm. I wrote an essay about 
uh, that actually included uh, Britain's ascension to the European Union. And that was essentially the case that Britain, although it has been involved in European affairs, has not wanted anything to do with Europe. Hmm. Um, it has historically rejected and has um, ignored kind of cooperative uh, measures, for example, Ostpolitik uh, in Germany, when um, Willy Brandt attempted to open relations with East Germany mm. and with um, and with the Soviet Union. So, so your point Britain is... Britain kind of point. argued that it would collide with their interests and collide with West German interests. So essentially, we actually fought against it. We also initially didn't even want the European Union to become a big mm. thing. We wanted them to join the um, American variant, the Organization for uh, Economic uh, Cooperation in Europe. So Br Britain has always been a bit skeptical about it, and um, but nevertheless, you have been part of the EU, and uh, I, I think it has brought you some benefits as well. I don't deny that. Honestly, it's the case that, in my opinion, the European Union has allowed me to get to where I am today. Because the issue is, though, is that I... Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise, Nick. Hello? Uh, I believe I'm being told to um, quieten down. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's funny. But we are about to finish anyway, so... Um, I. So you, you are saying that European Union has um, got you where you are, and it's the same for me. So I think uh, uh, we can shake hands on that one, because obviously I used to live in England, and it was only because um, the Czech Republic became a member of the European Union. It, it made it easy for someone like me to go to England and work there. Um, and it's, it has got me where I am now. I learned the language. I... Um, you know, I became an English teacher. So for me, it's also... I completely understand. Yeah. So, it's, um... it's sad for me. It saddens me, this whole situation. I don't I don't understand it. I Thank you. Thank you for uh, attempting to shed uh, some light on the whole uh, issue. It's, it's, I hope I've been of help. It's definitely been interesting to talk to you. Thank you very much um, for that. Um, I, I, just, I just hope uh, we can still remain... <laughs> remain uh, optimist about this <laughs> of course and i hope that um it works out in the end you know because i need to get to europe to be able to move to germany mm -hmm. well fingers crossed with that and uh, once again thanks a lot nick for being on the next english podcast again oh it's nice to be here thank you ever so much thank you very much see ya bye i'll see you there bye bye Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenek's English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenek'senglishpodcast.podbean.com.